0: This episode of the Local Hustlers podcast is brought to you by Desert Financial. More than ever, it's important to stay local, shop local, and eat local. You also help your community by choosing to bank local with Desert Financial Credit Union. Desert Financial offers personal and small business products and services in your neighborhood and gives back to the community by performing random acts of kindness. Partner with a credit union that believes in sharing success with you. Visit DesertFinancial.com to open an account today Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers Podcast. This week we are super excited to be here with Ruben Lolly of First Taekwondo. How's it going? Ru? Taekwondo, yes. Taekwondo, yes, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. How's it going today? It's going well. Thank you for having me and giving you the opportunity to present to your audience. For sure, for sure. No, we're excited to have you. Um, why don't you take a couple of minutes and give us a quick quick background on your life. Okay,
1: um, hi, my name is um, Ruben Lolly. Um, I am a Taekwondo A Dojang owner. Dojang is the place where you practice Taekwondo. I am a a seventh degree black belt. That's considered as a grandmaster. Um, I started Taekwondo at a young age of eight in Ghana, somewhere in West Africa. Um, I was doing Taekwondo because I guess according to my mom, I was a truant. I didn't come home after school, so he wanted me somewhere where he and she knows I would be. Well, I started and I fell in love with it. She couldn't yank me out of it. I've practiced Taekwondo since then. I would say. Never stopped, um, practiced a lot of hours. Um, through in Ghana, you know, I practiced through it and became like a member of the national team. I captained the national team and then, you know, went to university, I pursued engineering in university and also coached a team, teams wherever I went. I started the school wherever I went when I grew up, growing up in Ghana, you know, um, till I moved um, into the USA. When I came here, Taekwondo is part of, of me uh, it's taught me a lot, you know, the art of perseverance, wanting to perfect something that you can never perfect, you know, just keeps you going. It It's made me feel like whatever you do, the sky is the limit. So don't stop, never be happy, keep improving. I mean, be happy with the achievement, be proud of it, but at the same time, don't rest because when you rest, you rest. Uh, when I came here, I met good people through Taekwondo and through it, I was able to, you know, have, you know, practice civil engineering to the level that I want. So through Taekwondo, built my character, met people, and got the maximum I could out of it. So that's what motivated me to also start teaching because I think what it built
0: inside of you, it's, it's great for you to be able to share with other people. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, I think there's a lot to unpack there. Um, let's go back to Ghana. So is, is ta- Taekwondo, sorry, I said it wrong at first. <laughs> is Taekwondo a pretty big thing over there?
1: Um, so in Ghana, the biggest sports is soccer and then yeah. everything else is all over the place. Taekwondo is one of the main ones because, uh-huh. um, you know, Ghana goes to the Olympics and mostly we do a great job, but taekwondo has been one of the sports that,
0: you know, shows up doing very well. So yes, it's, it's big. Uh-huh. Yeah. And did you fall in love instantly or did your parents kind of have to force you to go to it at first? No, it was instant. You know, I, I didn't even know that there was a taekwondo club where I grew up.
1: So, but, you know, once I got there, I I just fell in love with yeah. it. It was a Korean grandmaster that was there. And, you know, I, you know, that was my first closest I'd come to an Asian person and I've been watching movies. So, you know, it's for some reason, it
0: just excited me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, could you talk to us a bit about Taekwondo and sorry for the ignorance here, but the difference between like Taekwondo and karate, which is another big, big, sp- similar sport, um, and then you mentioned the rankings, um, the seventh yeah. level black belt, or okay. yeah, how, how that works.
1: Yeah, so taekwondo is a Korean martial arts, an Asian Korean martial arts. Karate is from Japan. Okay, Taekwondo is from Korea. Taekwondo has been, you know, it comes from one place called Kukiwon in Korea, where the headquarters is. Um, in, in the practice of taekwondo, you spend about 75% of your time kicking and punch, kicking, and then the rest maybe punching mm-hmm. and doing other things. Karate is vice versa. In karate, they do sweeps and takedowns. Taekwondo also evolved to become. It's 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 continuously evolving. So you know because I mean, I mean the the owners or not the owner the guardians of Taekwondo don't want to it to stay in the past. Mm-hmm. So it's continuously evolving. And then it became an Olympic sport in 2008. So now there's a traditional part of Taekwondo and then the sports part of Taekwondo. Gotcha. So that's the main, but the main difference between it and karate it's its, it's origination and, and then the styles of how, you know, if you see a Taekwondo person do a kick, you might see it's quite different from how a karate person executes a kick. Okay. But in principle, they are all the same. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
0: And then talk to us about the different rankings and belts that you can get.
1: Yeah. So in Taekwondo, we have the, you know, the colored belt system. It's a nine step system when you start as a white belt and then you go to a first degree black belt. And then from the first degree black belt, you know, you go to second degree, third degree, typically from first degree, second degree, third degree in most schools, you know, they'll be called instructors. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the fourth degree to like sixth degree, um, in, in the taekwondo that I practice, is is a master, and then from the seventh degree and up is is considered a grandmaster. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. And, and then to go from typically it, it takes about four years to go from a white belt to a black belt in wow. my school at least, and then from first degree to second degree is two is two years, and then it goes up from there. Um, so from sixth degree to seventh degree is a seven year wait plus practice. So it, it's it's. Time, dedication, and effort. Yeah, yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And you are a seventh degree. Yes, I'm a seventh degree black belt. Yes. Grandmaster in our midst. That (laughs) is fantastic. Yes. And And how, how many years until an eighth?
1: I'm due now. I'm due this year for eighth degree, but I think I have to go do that one in Korea. So. I think I'm waiting for the COVID to be over and we'll see what happens. Gotcha.
0: Okay. I've always been curious, what like dictates going up a ranking? Who decides You know, when you go from white to the next level and, you know, first degree, second degree, third degree?
1: So mostly the person, the, the master is, is, is certified. Uh-huh. Most masters in the system that are probably certified. So you are certified to promote people. And then so from white belt all the way to black belt, the master of the school would do it. And then from, from, from the black belt system... You have to be certified through Korea. You know, there's oh, wow. a cooking headquarters that does the application process. Mm-hmm. So and then, you know, um they do courses that allows, you know, us to ex- to do the testing and then send the results to Korea and then they can they can issue certificates. But from
0: seventh degree, eighth degree you have to go to Korea. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's pretty serious, um, strenuous you know to to get to that it's not just anyone can tell you you're a seventh belt or whatever you have to go get it certified from from Korea you say yes yes definitely huh, that's super interesting cool thanks for the, uh, the education there on uh, on Taekwondo um, so so you're growing up doing Taekwondo at the time was it something that you wanted to do for the rest of your life or what, what were your thoughts on Taekwondo at the time
1: so the good thing about my thinking then is that I was doing Taekwondo for fun because in gotcha. my mind, I always wanted to be an engineer. Okay. So, But I just did Taekwondo for fun. But what it did for me was that because I had so much passion for it, I knew I had to finish my homework mm-hmm. to go to Taekwondo. I, yeah. knew I had to do all my exams to go to Taekwondo. So it helped me, pushed me, it helped push me up, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in
0: pursuing my education. Mm-hmm. too. Cool. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned you want to be an engineer, and you went to school for that in in Ghana. Yes. Okay. And then you became an engineer in Ghana all before you moved over here, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, talk to us about you know what, why you move over here, uh, what went into that decision, kind of what the process was of, of such a big change in culture and pace in life.
1: Well, um, it's a long story, but you know, for the purpose of this podcast, I'll make it short. Okay. So I was a mining engineer in Ghana. So I was mind do working for an Australian company, you know, having a good time. And then in around 2000, there was this um, tech crash that affected gold. Uh-huh. Yep. So at that point in time, I thought my industry was going to crash because there were companies closing down all over the place. Mining come big companies closing down. So I said, oh, I need to find a new career. I, I guess I panicked yeah. for a good reason. Mm-hmm. So I need to go. And in Ghana, once you through the education system, it's hard to go back through again. So I decided to come here and pursue you know, something else. And then when I came here, I realized that to be a mining engineer, you have to live somewhere. And I like, you know, to live in the city. So I switched from mining to civil engineering. Gotcha. And I went to ASU
0: for that. Okay. So you went to school again once you got here? Yes.
1: Yes.
2: Did you get your master's degree?
0: I got my master's degree. Wonderful. yes. And how old were you at the time when you moved
1: over here? 28? 28. 28? Yes. So I had to restart life, but I, <laughs> Still love young, right? I love where I am, yes.
2: <laughs> and were you married at the time when you came over?
1: No, I didn't. I, I, I met my lovely wife over here. She's from mm-hmm. here. She's, she's a te- from Texas, but yeah, I met mm-hmm. her here in Arizona. Yeah. So you came over all alone? Yes. Was that scary? It's scary. You know, it was scary, but I believe I was very adventurous, uh-huh. you know. One thing in Ghana, I went to boarding school system. You know, so since I was 11, I was never home. So I was used to being gone, you know, so uh, I, I always embrace adventure, but scared at the same time. Yes.
2: Right. And cool. you mentioned that uh, you, you started a school in Ghana and then you started another school once you moved to the United States. Yes. Um, what lessons did you learn from starting that school in Ghana that helped you when you started your school here?
1: Well, I would say in Ghana, the main lesson I learned is to be brave and start know just pursue whatever you want to do um the lessons i learned in ghana you know in terms of how to apply is completely different because in ghana we did taekwondo for fun and also you know i learned from the old school way so you know listening to my students talk to me feedback after they grow up Mm -hmm. coming here i need to modify my approach to teaching a little bit Hmm. you know but i know that once once i it gave me the confidence that the knowledge, with the knowledge that I have, I could, you know, teach, you know, so that that helped me a lot because I have students now that are six degree black belts that I taught from white belts. Wow. So, wow.
0: Yeah. So moving over here, did you have any, any intentions on opening up a school or were you here strictly to just do engineering? My goal was to come here, go to
1: school and find somewhere to teach, to help, you know, teach in the school. I uh-huh. didn't have the intention of starting my own school. Yeah. That was okay. Me. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, naturally, it gravitated <laughs> in that direction. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes.
0: Did you find anywhere to teach at another school first when you got here?
1: Yes. Yes. I had, I was teaching at a place called U.S. Taekwondo College. It used to be on rare and rural and uh, run by Grandmaster Pei who passed away and took over by Grandmaster Song. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of good experience over there. Yeah. When I was teaching there, I was only teaching, I was used to high performance. So I, was there, I was teaching the, competitive team the advanced team that trained at midnight you know so Uh he gave that aspect to me and and that's that's where I really hone in my tactic my 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 skill of how to you know interact with people that are not from Africa you know be able to hone in my communication Mm -hmm. skills you know and what to read from people's body language to be able to give them the, the right information. Cool.
0: So it sounds like you enjoyed your time over there. You were in a, a good position and doing what you love to do. Oh, yes. I had a fantastic time over there. Always training.
1: I trained so much. Uh-huh. I was, I'm wondering why my wife is still with me. because <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time there. Training. Yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> well,
0: with that in mind, with you loving it so much, what made you decide to go off on your own and start your own school?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a natural evolution. It gets to a point where... You know, just like kids grow and they get to a point they got to leave home is the same thing. Mm-hmm. It got to a point where I, I believe I needed to do things the way that I originally would like to. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think 2011, I think 2012 in October we went to a big tournament in California. We came back and I decided, you know, it's time to, you know, start my own school mm. with, with the help of a friend who actually the friend instigated me because I was thinking about it a lot. And then, but I wasn't making the move and the friend told me, you know, you should you should do your own. You know, we should
0: start, we should start starting with with my friend's help. We, we started. Yeah. Love it. Um, tell us about the process of starting up a school. Like what goes into that? What sort of research did you have to do? What sort of preparation did you have to do to get get ready for opening day?
1: Yeah. So it's just like any business, right? You have to have a business plan. Yeah. You
0: got to look at
1: the uh, um demographics of the people in the area Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. look for a good location you know at that time there was a a takono school that somebody abandoned so we had that location we used that location as a starting place and then you know we just advertised we go around and put it's 2011 you know we just went to people's home put um flyers in their in the front of their houses um we're not big into facebook and social media yet you Mm -hmm. know and then we just put a big old, you know, now open taekwondo sign over there yeah. and then you know, the location was was interesting because we only had a Walgreen as the main point of attraction. Uh-huh. So it wasn't big draw but but um I think it was a good start for us, you know. So and, and so that's that's what went in, you know. Just just the basic business plan and, and figuring out how you're gonna get students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah
2: and how did it start did uh did you get quite a few right from the beginning from all those flyers or is it slow slow rolling
1: yeah it's it was slow rolling hmm. the good thing about you know i was lucky because th- there were some very competitive people that could not that could only you know train with with me so a few of them just came with me from my old school even you know i try you know the thing is to try and Make sure that you break clean uh, with your grandmaster. But there was a few of them that, you know, came to. So they 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 burned my, you know, fueled my fire for a little bit. And then, you know, slowly, two students here, three students here, four students here, you know, and then we started building. Once you get to critical mass, you know, it evolves on its own. So, Mm -hmm. but it took us about, I think, a year and a half to two years to get to the point where we were comfortable. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. You mentioned demographics, so a few questions on that. Were you worried about the demographics in this area? If there would be enough people that were interested, did you have to do much research into that, or was it just um, hoping you'd be able to educate people enough and find and, and interest people, even if they weren't, you know, initially looking for for taekwondo?
1: So yeah, that's you know, initially with the business plan, we look at the people and taekwondo. We consider it as you know, um, people. We, even though I think it's very necessary and basic and important for mm-hmm. kids to learn Taekwondo, even for adults to learn Taekwondo or any sort of martial arts, I think in reality, it's like when people have residual income, right? Disposable income that they would consider doing, this would be secondary to them. So right. that's one of the main things, you know, the income of the people in the mm-hmm. area. And then, you know, how many kids are in the area, the family sizes yeah. and all that stuff. So, That informs it. Education-wise, you know, I don't know if I focus too much on that because um, it was. I felt that it was our duty to be able to give the knowledge to anybody we came in contact Uh with. Well, we were more concerned about getting contacts
0: with people. Yes, gotcha. And then with with age, because you mentioned that kids can start at like. Three and a half years old, right? Yes. So, is yes. that is that the tor- sort of people you're targeting? Just younger kids, or can teenagers and adults come in too and and get started with taekwondo? Everybody can start. I have people that start that are in their 60s, you know. So really, yeah. So kids,
1: teenagers, adults we 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 cover everybody. I I think, you know, just like everything else, the earlier you start, the better. Yeah. You know, most sure. of, most of the kids that started with us when they were four, three and a half years old. You know it's ingrained in them you know mm-hmm. um older kids it's okay but you have to undo something to redo it you yeah know? but but yeah. that's the joy of it you know every day i walk into the dojang and somebody walks through the door you know i say well this is my challenge to turn this person from this to that or to give them this knowledge so sure. undoing is
0: not hard but it's it's Easier if you know they are kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk to us about some of the benefits of, of starting so young, because like you mentioned, just with everything in life and business, the the earlier you start, the better off you are. Because there's things you're gonna have to unlearn. So, what are some benefits you know with Taekwondo of of starting younger and some things that they have to avoid unlearning? So
1: so i'll talk about a good thing yeah. so most most of the kids that come to us three and a half years old are about to start school right mm-hmm. so they have to learn to sit and pay attention and take instructions yeah that's huge and when you do taekwondo you train in my school the, the regular classes are 45 minutes it's 45 minutes of taking instructions to do something mm-hmm. you know either physically visually listening examples you know so that's That helps kids when they are going into school, kindergarten, to follow instructions. Uh, We've had kids come in that the parents uh, say, I I wish, I hope you can do something. And, you know, the end result is always great, you know. Um, When I talk about undoing, you know, for example, there are kids that come into the school that are a little older, you know, and you say, when I talk to you, you got to respond, yes, sir. And they look at you and like, mm-hmm. I say, yeah, you got to say, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. That's how we respond over yeah. here, you know. Simple things, you know, that people are not used to. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I said, you got to, you know, do something. You got to say, "kiap, kiap." <laughs> yes, you got to say, "kiap." This is the only space that you can come and yell your heart out, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah. you know, those things with the little kids, it's easier, you know, with, with the older ones, you know. Um, it's not. It's more. It's fun, but it's not. You have to undo the thinking. Um, in terms of pure martial arts, if you know, it, it, there are kids that can come in there and maybe taekwondo is the fifth sport that they've tried. Yeah. You know, so they are just passing through. Uh-huh. You know, and really, the longevity of martial art is what brings its true benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, so they do it a little bit and they move to the next thing. Mostly. It's a certain age some kids do that, you know. When they are young, they hardly
0: stop, you know, so the earlier
1: the better, yeah.
0: Cool. Um, this is a question for now as well as when you got started. Is there a lot of competition in the area, a lot of other, you know, martial arts and taekwondo schools, or or are they pretty hard to come by?
1: In, in our area, there is a lot of martial arts schools, okay. and I consider that as a good thing mm-hmm. because... You know, I would We're in the process of, we are in the business of, you know, I would say selling martial art or introducing the public to martial art. Yeah. So the more they know, it's like a domino effect, mm-hmm. you know? So, because at the end of the day, people will come to, I, I have produced a lot of like national champions in, in the valley, but most of the people that come to me don't come to me because of that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a convenience, you know, convenience, mostly convenience. And, and so... If there's a school here and there's a school there, somebody will go over there because they are closer to it. Right. right? So, yeah, there is a lot of competition in the Valley, and, and I enjoy it. I enjoy the competition because it also helps me not rest. Mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. I've got a couple of questions. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you have a leadership program for your young students. Um, talk to us about how you incorporate that leadership development into – your practice,
1: okay. So, so we have a class that's called a leadership club. So, in that class, you know, we go through. We we don't just do kicking and punching. We set that aside for other classes. So we talk about you know communication, how you communicate with people, um, giving giving back. What do you consider as giving back? Uh, confidence. How do you? How, what do you understand by confidence? Your body language. How do you? How do you look at a kid and think like, oh, this kid needs this help or that help, or this kid doesn't like what you're doing? We talk about, you know, um, all the things that goes to build a leader, like listening skills, you know, like um, uh, being able to have empathy on the kid. So when you're teaching the kid and they don't understand, you know, do you say, oh, this kid is not good? Or you say, oh, well, how can I really get to this kid? And you know, try and get to them from where they are coming, you know. We teach this in a, you know, we sit and we talk about it, and then we make them role play, you know. Um, if a kid is being bullied, we talk through bullying. How do you help a kid overcome bullying? What are some of the words you used, you know, and all that stuff. So uh, it's it's a really comprehensive class that we talk about, you know, the leadership aspect of being a person. I, I think, you know, martial art creates leaders by itself, but this leadership class hones it, you know. Also, we, in that class, because we need them to have confidence, so sometimes we go into teaching about why we do certain things, so that when they are teaching it, they can teach it with confidence, you know. So, that, that's how we run that program, and, um, you know, and sometimes, once a while, we make them learn very Skills that are unique so that they can, you know, present it to the regular class mm. for the kids to be, you know, in presence, be as a role model for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: And is this leadership class something you personally developed?
1: Most martial arts school would have a leadership club, but the model that I developed, yes, I personally developed, me and my brother, he's called Aaron, he's also a master in my school, and uh, Dr. Mara, he, she's also a master in my school. Together, we, we teamed to develop this program. Yes.
2: That's wonderful. Thank That's you. That's wonderful.
0: Cool. Um so yeah, super curious about this this leadership program. Would you say it's something that most of the students uh, opt in for or is it just a select few that that do the leadership program on top of Taekwondo?
1: We so once you get to a, a black belt uh-huh. or you're ready for a black belt, we would invite you. We we don't try to exclude people. Gotcha. Yeah, because, you know, We think the value is there. So, and and really for me, when somebody enters the Taekwondo school, you know, the goal is to give them everything so Mm -hmm. that they can go be who they can be with what I give them. So we just, we invite people to come in and we don't push. It's not a required curriculum, Mm -hmm. but you know, um, and what's happened is that we actually instituted a detail of it not long ago, but when people see what it's about, people are inquiring more and they want to be part of it. You know, but we we let people in, in certain period of time, you know. So there's a period where you come in and then you go out.
0: Yeah. Cool. So you do have to be a black belt, though, in order to, to be a part of the leadership program. Then? We
1: we invite people in at a belt we call a high red belt. Gotcha. So just before they become black okay. belt. Okay. Yeah. And then when they become a black belt, you see the timeline is so long that they can join at any time, mm-hmm. you know, when they
0: become a black belt. Yes. Awesome. For our business owners that are listening, can you share some of the leadership principles? Because leadership is such an important thing in business as well. Um, whether you have employees or just you know people you're managing and, and relationships that you're working with, uh, what are some some principles you could share to us that business owners could apply to their lives?
1: Hmm. Well, I'm sure most of the business owners out there are really maybe better than me, but from what <laughs> a little thing that I do, you know, really I try to create, you know, an atmosphere that you know people want to come to yeah you know so if somebody has to say oh, i gotta go there you know it's not good and i always try to put myself in their shoes to figure out how to undo anything that might push you in that direction mm-hmm. you know for example if somebody's late to class you say why are you late you don't know why they are late you know most people want to be there on time if they come you say is everything okay okay or you know, join the class. And then later you talk about, you know, being late and what could have caused it and yeah. how I can help alleviate that. How you talk to people, communication, communication skill, you know, when these little things like when somebody sends you a text message and say, oh, I cannot come, you know, you respond and say, oh, okay, it's okay, you know, stay home instead of trying to get on them. Also, making people understand what their responsibilities are. That, that's the main thing, you know, so you're there to serve a purpose. You know, if you're a student, you're there to train, come mm-hmm. there and train. When a kid wants to play around, say, no, we, we want to train. We are out of time. We need to stay with the time. As a leader, you need to come there and teach, you know, impact what we teach you, you know, responsibility, empathy. Empathy is, 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 a, is a big thing for us, you know, because if you don't have empathy, people will close their ears to what you're saying. So, you know, listening to people with, and looking at them in the eyes and making sure that you are hearing what they're saying yeah. so that you can talk back to them. Yeah. yeah. So those are some of the things that we have in there that we try to, uh, you know, I want to say in part on, on our yeah. students. Cool. Yeah.
2: You've illustrated powerfully, Ruben, what I would refer to as the dichotomy of leadership, that there's mm. two sides to every principle. And, mm. and uh, you know, you mentioned at the very beginning that perfectionism is a part of Taekwondo and its mm. culture. Right. Yes. Uh, and perfectionism is something that's impossible to, to achieve. It's, yep. imp, you know, you'd be the first human being, <laughs> uh, you know, yes, uh, to, to do that. And uh, yet to have compassion and to have empathy yes. and understanding and those soft skills is is part of that dichotomy of leadership to have yeah. the discipline yep. to, to require exactness and honor. And and timeliness, et cetera, yet to have the, the compassion to understand that sometimes things happen in life. Yes. And and I'm going to be a soft place for this person to land. They might be having a day where I can be someone where uh, I can hear them and, and help them get through whatever they're going through. So it's a powerful leadership principle that you've uh, articulated. Just wanted to point that out and to... Uh, and Thank you for that.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Cool. Yes.
0: Well, with that, how do you, I guess, how do you balance, because um, Taekwondo, I'm sure there's a lot of discipline involved. Um, how do you balance that discipline with the love and compassion and empathy as well? Where do you find that, that fine line?
1: So when, when I'm we're teaching somebody, right, the goal is to make them understand what you're trying to teach them mm-hmm. and to balance it. I try to look for opportunity to celebrate success. So, so when I see somebody and they need something, a, you know, a is the discipline, and when they get it, I am happy, and I'm happy for them. Yeah, you understand. And then I, I, I you carry it from a to b, and then the same thing, and then it built. It's it's a it's a system, right? Mm-hmm. If you see somebody as, you know a template that you can just only improve, yeah. right? And the discipline is what you're giving them, right? You're trying to make them understand that discipline is important. Mm-hmm. Not like I have to discipline them for them to, you know, figure out that this is how it works, right? So that's how I try to balance it because every time, because some people have physical abilities. Right. They, you tell them to do this, they can do it, you know? And then some other people, you know, they have different challenges, you know? People have even disabilities and everything, and they want to be a black, but you say, no, you can't become a <laughs> black, belt you measure people differently. Yeah. So you have to understand where they are and celebrate their successes. You know, when we do testing, you, you have to, somebody has to, for example, you get to a certain belt, you have to jump and break a board. This person is athletic gifted, right? This person may have a disability, they can't jump. So what do you celebrate? This person might persevere less. Right, but they break it. Good yeah, job, nice yeah. cake. This person must have to persevere. You celebrate their perseverance, right? So it's different mm-hmm. aspects of of you know finding out what to celebrate about a person. Yeah, you know, cool. and and not understanding that, uh, not taking it that when somebody makes a mistake, you know that's the end of them. You know, it's an opportunity to get them to
0: improve. Love it. So yeah. there's not a one size fits all, is what you're saying. You have to take each person differently. See, you know what their strengths and weaknesses are and work with them individually. Yes, yes.
1: I mean, for example, some somebody is physically gifted because they understand they're not good at listening because they get it, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have to challenge them differently, right? Mm-hmm. You have to put nuances in there that will make them pay attention, right? So, because if I say, kick the ceiling fan, and you can just jump and kick it, well, I may say, just kick it with your pinky toe, something, you know, something different. And then this person, I say, you jump the highest as you can, so it's a different aspect to yeah. different people, yes. Cool. Because you can't say because somebody is physically talented, you can just make them have an easy path. If there's no challenge, you know, then what's the reward?
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Well, it sounds like you really um, have honed into your relationship skills and um, developing those over the years. Uh, do you have employees as well that work for the school?
1: I have, yes, I have. Like I said, my brother works for me, yeah. um, so he's an employee of the studio. Dr. Uh-huh. Mara helps me; um, she does it as part time, and then I have instructors that work over there. Gotcha. Also, yeah.
0: Okay, so they're their own instructors, but they they teach at your school. That's no, how... they
1: no, they came from my system, and Got- then I oh. made
0: them. You know, so gotcha. Yeah,
1: so I have volunteer instructors that want to teach, and to me, teaching in the Taekwondo school builds leadership yeah. for that person. Yeah, you know, so it's an opportunity that I give to all my bloodbots and I have, you know, like, for example, we have like the bloodbots club leader and we have the leadership club leader. And, you know, we try to put people in places where they can learn all these leadership skills.
3: Mm -hmm. Do you spend more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it? Then call Flamingo Pools today. Flamingo Pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green to cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools will take care of you. Honest, reliable, and innovative. Just a few of the many good things Flamingo Pools customers have to say about them. Ask them about their mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and you'll get your first month of maintenance completely free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013.
0: Um. Has that always been your plan to be able to to continue to include these students as they grow up and give them the opportunities to come back and, and develop more leadership skills and teach? Um, or originally were you planning on this? You know, just being a just being you a small school and just teaching a couple students at a time.
1: So when I started, like when I started my school, my school, my goal was to like build, you know, Olympians, you know, because yeah, I yeah. I like high level competitive training, but then you're only impacting a small section of the people, Mm -hmm. right? So just my, you know, just like I said, continuous improvements. And now, because what happens is that if you just want to build athletes, if you get 10 students, and also it goes to the business aspect of it. Yeah. If you get 10 students, you might have by a few months, you only have one left because you know, how many people become Olympians, right? right? So, so then I have to, had to massage the plan and make it all inclusive. That's why, you know, all these leadership aspects, you know, you know, leadership Olympian, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah. Somebody learns to, so you have to redefine the word Olympian. It's not only physical, it's every aspect of it, you know? So just building good human beings. That evolved. Initially was like, let's train 10 times a day yeah. and train till we become, you know, machines. But I, ha- I still have that. But that's a small segment of my school, and then now it's generally goes everybody, you know, should be able to succeed in my space. Cool.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask where you went to find and look for good teachers and instructors, but it sounds like they come straight from your, your students, yes. right? Yes, yes, from my cool. system, yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what's the plan with that moving forward? Are you, uh, are you happy with, with where you guys are at, or are you wanting to continue to grow um, I don't know if it's common for Taekwondo schools to, to open up another, you know, another location if you continue to grow. Is that something you're interested in or do you like keeping it where it is now?
1: It's a, it's a natural evolution, right? Right now, you know, like I said, if you always say you're happy, then you already one step behind. Mm-hmm. I always want to improve in terms. I, I don't think I have the full capacity of my current space yeah. yet. So the goal is and COVID has affected us also. So, you know, I thank God that we are still alive and trying being able to stay in business. For sure. So right now, the plan is to maximize the capacity at the school. And if I get students get to the point where they become masters and they want to start their own school. Yes. Why not? You know, this is it's growth. That's part of the natural process. So yeah, I will let it evolve. But right now, the plan is to produce, you know, the best the best human beings, I would say, in mm-hmm. the school that I have. To, and then maximize my capacity. Cool. Yeah.
2: I love that. A couple things. So at the very beginning, you said a phrase that caught my ear. Uh, Don't rest if you rest, you rust. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I love that mentality that you have incorporated throughout your life, where you just on this continuous improvement, a, a, cres- a light living a life in crescendo, having your business being crescendo, in this continuous improvement and growth, evolving looking for ways to to improve that process um you mentioned that you know if one of your students wanted to open up a school that you'd be fine with that yes um is that your personal philosophy or is that the taekwondo philosophy that the role the grandmaster is if a student a master wants to become a grandmaster and start their own school Uh, and if i've misspoken any of that feel free to correct me but if one of your students wants to open a, a new school, is it the role of the grandmaster to mentor them through that process, or does uh, somebody else do that, is, or is it a personal decision? How does that work?
1: So if I look at the entire taekwondo, taekwondo system, that's how I think it's set up for for the you know the senior to help. Right. How people apply personally varies. You right. know, you know, it varies. Um, so I, I think for me naturally that's how I feel. I don't I feel I don't feel I don't believe in holding people back because if I don't want them to to expand then it means I have to hold them back. And that creates an you know animosity, you know. You have to think long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah? always because naturally people are gonna evolve, people yeah. are gonna grow. You either be part of their journey or be the one that they cut out. So when somebody wants to do that, you have to have open mind. And be able to do it. I haven't in in my school that I have now I haven't experienced that I don't know what that feeling is but I believe that no matter what that feeling is it's better to be part of something that's budding and evolving than to try and cut it out because you can not suppress somebody forever right so that's that's just my thought yeah but in, in the Taekwondo system I think it's set up that way uh, they have masters calls, they have examiner's calls in the Taekwondo that I do that they try to encourage people to become masters. Um, I encourage my students who will get to that level to go to those courses and be better. Some people will not might not do it, but you know, but from the the people that I know in the valley here, they are all good people and I and I think they, they, they promote that that aspect of
2: it. Yes. Well, that's great. That's great.
0: Uh, I I also wanted to point out that phrase you said earlier when you rest your us. I think that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Has has that been like a drive that you've always had? Were you born with that, or do you feel like you were you were raised a certain way to always be going and never never settle, or how, how have you kind of you know evolved into that sort of person? Hmm. You know, I I don't <laughs> I don't wanna
1: I, I really don't wanna say anything that means something else to different people. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a combination of. You know, how I was raised yeah. and, and who I am inherently, you know, and because I gravitate towards that that I, I I would say that mentality was it's something I don't even remember the first time I said that. I think my competitive team typically when they're about to take a break, let's say take a Christmas break. And I, you know, I just said, don't rest, if you rest, you rest, you know, (laughs) never say die until the bones are rotten, the bones never, you know, it's kind of little sayings, you know, but I think it it, is the thought process that brought that out. And then it to be a, it's a combination, it's a combination, I would say it's a combination of how I was raised and also the environment in which, in which I grew grew up in a very competitive environment, you know, you can't rest really, you know, you can't rest. And
0: that's why I always say competition is good. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Cool. What's your advice for someone who maybe wasn't raised that way? Someone who um, is trying to work on their drive and their that competitive edge, and whether it's in life and business, what would you say to them to to help help that drive of theirs? You know, it's always good, and
1: I don't know if people ask themselves that question to say, "Oh, who am I? Where I am? Where am I going?" You know, where am I going? If you can ask yourself those questions, and am I there yet? You know, if I am there, if you're there, you have to ask what ne- what's next? You know, you have to have, you have to find something. First of all, you have to have that purpose. You have to find something that drives you. For example, if somebody asks you, I remember sometimes I, one day I asked somebody, where, where do you want to be in five years? And they, they were surprised. I'm, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Well, start thinking that way because five years is gonna come whether i like it or not yeah. and you have to be ready for it you know mm-hmm. so set little goals and see if you can achieve realistic goals mm-hmm. and you know try and work towards something and then when once you get to it you have to set a new goal yeah and generally
0: that that would help you you know develop that that mentality yeah awesome do you have any examples that come to mind through your nine years being in business you said yes um, of how that drive and how that mindset has helped helped elevate the business
1: yes actually I I would say that because my first location was on Guadalupe and McQueen Mm -hmm. okay we started business in 2011 the economy wasn't good then Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) that's brave move yeah so and then we had a walgreens right yeah and the walgreens greens closed that made us have to market better yeah and we had a few students here or there so when the walgreens closed i think there was an issue with our landlord that we approached him and said hey walgreens closed so we are hardly get, making any money because we weren't we were going down and then he gave us a break he gave us a break for a while but I didn't stay because I said, I'm not here for breaks, right? I need to be able to bring people in, train them, and also make some money. So it was even at the time that he gave us a break, that's when I decided to move to a new location. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't ride that. I didn't, So you move to a new location. And then also, like I said, initially I wanted to just train people who wanted to compete at a high level. Yeah. So I sit back because, you know, I did not i really enjoyed training people who wanted to train hard you mm-hmm. know so but i had to reset my mind and say what is the outcome of this this approach you know and then i had to re i have to learn to enjoy people who not, do not necessarily need to go up you know there are, there are certain kids that cannot even look to the left right so if i can get a kid to look to the left who couldn't look to the left For some reason now, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like continuously looking at where I am, the impact on my business, the impact on how many people I can, you know, uh, impact and then adjusting accordingly.
0: That's super cool. Um, and that reminds me, you had talked earlier about COVID and how that's been kind of a bump in the road for you guys. Can you talk to us about the experience? What, what COVID did to you guys and how you guys have been able to pivot and and continue to grow? (laughs) Yes. covid
1: I can't wait for next year to come. (laughs) But COVID, you know, this year, like I'm sure with every business, this year was setting up to be one of the, you know, great, good years in terms of business and everything. When COVID happened, just like every other business, we were confused. We didn't know what to do, but we didn't waste time. Immediately, you know, we have a little network of masters, you know, say Zoom, Zoom, which one? Everybody's, you know, figuring out what to do. We just jumped onto the Zoom thing right away. And then we did online classes. We lost a few students. We tried to keep students and naturally you will lose students. We right. lost a few students. But we gained some. I'm surprised. We <laughs> have people that we gained through this COVID COVID season. And you know, as things open up, we we cut our studio into little zones. So normally our studio can take about thirty five people. But now we cut it to twelve. Twelve people. Yeah. And if there's family, the family can train as a unit. Gotcha. You know. Wearing mask, you know. Initially, you know, people say wearing mask will, will choke you or will make you suffocate, and I, I, almost bought into that. But I remember that when we are going for national team trials in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. I make my at least wear mask so they can get conditioning. Oh so, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, I say, oh no, I, I don't think that's true. And I wear the mask in train, and it's tough to breathe in. Yeah. You know, but I know it won't kill you. <laughs> so, you know, we make the people wear masks. You know, some people absolutely not. And it's a huge balance business-wise because some will come and say, if you want me to wear masks, then I have to cancel my membership mm-hmm. until after COVID, yeah. you know. And some will say, you have to wear masks. Everybody, right, right. You know, so... It's just a, that's a fine balance that we balance all. Of yeah, every the day business school. owner, you're like yeah. stuck in this I'm tug of war the, yes.
2: between <laughs> yeah. two polar opposites. Yeah, yeah, mask versus no Ma- mask. Mask versus <laughs> no, <masks. laughs> no mask. Yes, so
1: you know, and we we you just to... want to love everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So
1: some are online, some come in with masks, some come in without mask, and we're trying to balance all that. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah. So Yoshi, I can't imagine how tricky that is to balance <laughs> the two. Uh, yeah, it, to... it's it's. it's it's tough, but I always say it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love your uh, positive mindset about it. And like you said, hopefully next year we'll, uh, we'll be better for all of us in terms of business. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cool. Um, you also talked about geographical, geographical location, how that plays a big part in you know, what school people will go to. Um, if you were trying to, to convince someone to come to your school, though, um, what, what would you tell them? Is there something that you feel like uh, makes you guys stand out, makes you different than other Taekwondo schools? Yeah. Well, I would say our
1: school is a unique place because I said we have a doctor that is a master over there and I'm an engineer, you know, so we have role models outside of just, you know, uh, Taekwondo master. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the experience that I bring, you know, I have a lot of experience. We have a lot of experienced people teaching. I have competed a lot I understand martial art or taekwondo, you know, from the competitor to the master. Yeah, I think we try to create a very, very positive environment. You know, um, the energy in our school is very, very good. Um, you wouldn't feel like you're a stranger, you know, and, and when, if we need to do, we go, we try to accommodate things so that you can be comfortable training. You know, and um, our instructors are fantastic. Uh, you know, and also in our system, you know, in in so, some of the some schools or some places would just teach you and would not, you know, because when a kid starts, like, when you don't know where they're gonna end up, right? Somebody starts and says, "Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, I want to compete," mm-hmm. right? I think in the valley, there's only a few schools you know, that will give it the opportunity. So yeah. you go and you, 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 know, you can get stuck. So we give you the opportunity just to train martial art Yeah. all the way to I want to do it as a sport. You know, so we, there's no limitation to how much you can grow in our school. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That's awesome. I uh, got a
2: follow-up question. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that in your school you have an engineer yourself, you yeah. have a doctor, etc. Is that how most Taekwondo schools are? That you have somebody who's a professional who's also passionate about Taekwondo and they they have their school on as a side business if you will yeah is that how most of them are no, or that's not common okay so no, that, that's not common that is that a unique thing for yeah, you. That's, yes that's in unique. your school yes that's and unique. is your plan to continue practicing engineering and doing taekwondo at the same time or is the goal to eventually grow the taekwondo business to completely replace that income and not have to practice engineering anymore?
1: so uh, I I work for the city of Phoenix as a civil engineer, Mm -hmm. right? So, and I've been there for 16 years. Um, I think I'm close to where I can just say I want to retire over there Mm -hmm. and then continue with Taekwondo. Taekwondo is something that I would never stop doing. And, you know, for now, you know, I have great masters. You know, Dr. Mara is a fifth degree black belt, my brother is a fifth degree black belt. I have enough room so that I don't have to occupy that space. We have to share the produce that we get out of there in a way that, you know, encourages everybody to be there. Even though we do Taekwondo, people consider it part-time. We offer services just like the full-time schools, you know, so there's no rush. And I think I would like to see where my engineering career takes me. And then once I'm done, you know, Taekwondo will be the end of it
0: all. (laughs) Cool. Talk to us about the balance of of having a full time job working for the city and then and running the school as well. Is that hard to balance that on top of having a family, um, or have you found out a way to, to organize everything so you have time for everything you need to do? Uh,
1: it's not it's not easy to balance. Mm-hmm. That's why most people don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you have to have the purpose. I I think by the way I when I started school my school in 2011 I was doing my master's program at the same yeah. time so that, that one fell off and I got more time uh-huh. you know but you know it it requires that you are very organized uh, you have to decide what is important yeah you know and um and then just arrange arrange it such that um you know it works you know um also like I said I'm very lucky to have my wife who, understands all that uh-huh. it, this is about and you know supports me in what i do yeah yeah so i mean i remember i i would go from i would go to work in the morning mm-hmm. go to classes at asu and then go teach my school then go back to the lab wow you know do the lab work then come home and then you know just cycle you know it's but it's, it's single-minded dedication to get something
0: accomplished, yep. you know, that, yep. that's how, what it takes. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your love and your passion for Taekwondo helps you to, to keep going and and not just burn out essentially since you're always going and doing something?
1: Yes, yes, it's it's my, I, well, it's my escape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's my escape. Huh. It's, it's the only thing that, you know, Taekwondo is the only thing that when I'm in there and I'm doing, you know, it's all about the person in front of me, right? So, is and then to see little improvements in people that yeah. so enjoy seeing that mm-hmm. you know so yeah it's my it's my escape
0: cool so it's yeah. it's an escape you said it's less of a stress and a burden and more of you know a, a, a less of a side well it is a side hustle but it's not like this extra work that you're having to do on top of your job it's more of like like it's a passion it's a hobby you're doing yes. um, that you've figured out how to turn into a side hustle and, and make money from it
1: oh yes yes because um I, I don't know if, if if it did not bring if it if I didn't make money from if I had to borrow money to pay uh-huh. my bills that uh-huh. would have been yeah. a good thing you know yeah so it's just balancing and the thing is that some people say build it and they'll come but you have to build it right and people will come right so I try to <laughs> make it where
0: people don't run away from the school <laughs> <laughs> yeah they forget to mention that piece of advice um do you do you ha- feel like you have a passion for engineering as well or do you you know, just generally like it? Is it something that you're sick of at this point? Or how do you feel about, about your, your day job? Oh, no, I love engineering. The yeah. aspect of engineering I,
1: I, I do, it's civil engineering. Civil society depends on civil engineering. Yeah. Building roads and stuff, you know, I just enjoy it. I, I love engineering. I've been, that's why I said when I was young, I did taekwondo. I did. In, I I studied so that I could do taekwondo. So they were both feeding each other, mm-hmm. and I think up to now it's still the same. You know, yeah. Because when I when I'm working, I need to finish and get everything done so that I can go to taekwondo and go teach. Right. You know, so it's just you know it's it's a cycle okay. that keeps going. Cool. So
2: awesome. Um, you haven't mentioned it, but uh, you're a national champion. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. And you're also national champion in Ghana. Yes. How yes. many people in the world can be national champions in two different <laughs> countries? That's pretty impressive, Reuben. Thank you. Pretty Thank impressive. You. Um, what's that like training for a national championship? Is it uh, pretty intense? Yeah, it's
1: it's, it's intense. It it's it requires you know hours, you know, man hours. You have to work. Um, in taekwondo you know in competition we have different aspects so I did mostly fighting sparring and then forms forms very technical very very technical you know you you know you can just put your hand here and then just right here it's a mistake you know mm-hmm. so really technical and how you execute you know it's you know you have judges that's looking all that and analyzing it to make sure that you're doing it right and then mm-hmm. the, the, comp- the sparring part, it's it's exciting, right? So it's two different aspects. So you need to put in the work, you know, because every time you compete, you have to assume, you know, if I'm putting in 10 hours, maybe the person I'm going to compete against also putting in 10 hours or more. So, you know, it requires a lot of self-evaluation and continuous improvement, like I always say, to make sure that I've done my best before I go to compete.
2: That's great. Yeah. And when was the last time you were national champion?
1: Um... This is two thousand. That was in um Chicago, Chicago in two thousand, two thousand and nine, two mm-hmm. thousand and nine. I think two thousand and nine. Yes, I competed in Chicago. Oh, it's after that. Two thousand and twelve, I think. Two thousand and twelve mm-hmm. in Chicago. In Ghana, I was a national champion for a long time, you know, and became the captain of the national team. Wow.
2: Yeah. And yeah. was there taekwondo in Olympics back then?
1: No, taekwondo became Olympics in two thousand. The year I moved. <laughs> oh no!
2: So, uh, had there been Olympics for taekwondo, when you were a child growing up, you would have been an Olympian.
1: Yeah, you know, when I was a child, definitely. Yeah. Yes, I, I think that would have driven me to to
0: to go for it. That yeah. way, yes, yes.
2: Very Thank impressive.
0: You. Love it. Love it. Um, so you're retired then from doing any sort of uh, competitions like that these days? you just stick to teaching or would you ever get back, back into that again?
1: No, no. I, I think um, I might get back into competition. You know, <laughs> I've been out of it for a
0: long time now yeah. and, um, you know,
1: I think I'm trying to, I have a few, like, I, I got to stretch and make sure that my body is back to where it needs to be and that's me, my focus. And you know, I teach a lot but also bring my body back to where I can compete again. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think about mainly I compete to inspire my competitors, not to win, not necessarily <laughs> to win, right? So yeah. right now, because it's it's no longer about, when it comes to competing, I think it's, if I make it about me, my, my students will lose because then I have to really train intense and right. ignore, ignore them. Yeah, so... It's mostly about them, but I just compete to. I'll compete to inspire them. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: No, that's great. That's actually the true meaning of competition. Yeah. Uh, I learned this from Pete Carroll, yeah. Seahawks football coach. Uh, it means to strive together. Yes. Competition is not I'm going to beat you. Yeah, yeah. Competition is we're fighting together. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and that's his philosophy on what competition really is. And I hear that and what you're saying as well.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it really sounds like. All of the, the 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 skills you've learned from Taekwondo, the uh, the leadership, the discipline, the hard work, has really translated to to your business life, and vice versa as well. Um, and I think just sports in general, are, there's so many important things you can learn when it comes to life into business. Um, so maybe say something to our listeners uh, if you could could convince someone to give Taekwondo a try, someone who maybe has never really even considered doing it. Uh, why should someone, um, come down to your school and take a Taekwondo lesson? What can it do for them as a person?
1: Okay. Yes. Taekwondo. I I think regardless of your age, you could use some confidence, right? Um, more, more confidence. So I think the training of Taekwondo makes you express yourself in such a way that builds confidence. Um, it keeps you in shape you know you got to be in shape it, it, it builds you so you got to be you know health from the health point of view you know it helps you focus because if you're training you know you're constantly doing something defined that you need to do you know it gives that self-confidence and the self-control you know when when you're frustrated you come to training you can yell as much as you can mm-hmm. and hit things as hard as you can to get rid of your frustration um, it gives you courage, you know. Every month we test, and during the testing, we're gonna put something in front of you. You gotta break it, you know. It, you, it gives you courage to do things, yeah. you know. And and it's especially as a family activity is really enjoyable. It's really enjoyable, you know. I, I went to a taekwondo seminar, and uh, one of the masters, grandmaster, said, "When you die, what happens? Do you get stiff or do you get flexible?" And he you said, you get stay, Okay. He said, well, if you do Taekwondo, the grave keeps <laughs> <far>. <laughs> <laughs> You know? So it's, it's, you know, the way they generally, you know, you don't have to be flexible to do Taekwondo. Yeah. That was Again my next there, question. You will improve. It's, it's, a, it's like I said, it's improvement. You know, I have adults that come in and they can do this and now they can do this. You know? So it's just improve. You don't have to be flexible. So. This is all the benefits of Taekwondo. Modesty, courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, and indomitable spirit.
2: Say those again.
1: Modesty, courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, and indomitable
0: spirit. Beautiful. Love it, love it. Well, I'm just happy to hear that you don't have to be flexible because that's one of both of (laughs) our biggest biggest flaws. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no you don't have to be flexible you have to start to be flexible you don't have to be flexible
0: to start <laughs> gotcha gotcha well hopefully you've convinced a couple of us to come uh come check it out one day yes um well ruben we've learned so much from you today thank you so much for for taking time to come out with us um and teach us not only about business but about taekwondo yes um before we close up we have a quick game we, that we wanted to play with you <laughs> um <laughs> So how this is going to work is we've got a list of 20 questions that we're going to ask you. And you have 60 seconds to see oh see gosh. how many of them you can answer. So we'll see how you do. Uh, oh, gosh. We'll see yes. if we can bring out that competitive edge Oh to man! you do against other people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want to start us off in three, two, one.
2: Your dream vacation.
0: Indonesia. Uh, first thing you'd buy if you won a million dollars. A big taekwondo school.
2: Your favorite hobby.
0: Taekwondo. Uh, if there was an Olympic competition for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a medal in? Taekwondo.
2: A song you've been jamming to lately.
0: Oh, some of you, It's a Bob
1: Marley song, uh, uh, a yeah. redemption song.
0: Okay. Uh, if you live to be 100, would you rather have the mind or the body of your prime self?
1: 100. Body. Your favorite holiday. Christmas.
0: Uh, favorite ice cream
1: flavor? Oh, something, something fudge. It's chocolate, uh, it's a chocolate fudge.
0: Favorite fictional character? Oh, the guy from Wakanda. Uh, favorite smell?
1: Favorite smell? Vanilla.
2: What's your nickname?
1: Gongong. Gong.
0: There we go, that's time. Gongong, gong, gong. Gong. where'd you get Gong from? Gong,
2: gong? <laughs> <Is it? laughs>
1: Gongo, I got it from my friends in Ghana, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so Gongo is the name of a drum, uh-huh. and, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I beat the drum for both to come together, yes. <laughs>
2: nice,
0: nice. Love it, okay. Um, as we're closing up, is there anything we missed? Any last uh, tips or piece of advice you'd, you'd like to share with our listeners before we let you go? No,
1: I would like to say thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. This I enjoy this forum a lot. Um I don't have any questions, but, you know, martial arts, it's good for kids, adults, teenagers, and for everybody. So if you get opportunity to try, please do try. Uh, My school is located on Elliott and Arizona Avenue. You know, um, if it's convenient for you, come try. And... um, you would you would not regret it. Awesome. So, okay. so somebody
2: can just uh, go online and sign up, or call and sign up, or show. Can they just show up, or how how does that work?
1: Yes, all of the above. You can you can. We have a website. Tell us, it, us the website. Yeah, first www.festtaekwondoaz.com. Cool. And we have a Facebook page. You can message us. Message, send us a message, an inbox, mm-hmm. and we have a uh, Fest TKD on uh, Instagram. And it's a phone number, you can just call us and, you know, just sign, uh, talk to us and we arrange for your first class. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Okay, we'll love it well yeah like I said thanks again for, for coming on um, definitely learned a lot today more than I thought I'd ever know about Taekwondo so appreciate it <laughs> thank
1: you Eric thank you darling for having me it's, it's, it's been a pleasure it really has okay well uh, thanks again and
0: we'll catch you all next week wow this was fun hey guys thanks so much for listening just a few things before we go first off if you or someone you know is an entrepreneur in the East Valley we'd love to have you on the show please get in touch with us by emailing us at localhustlerspodcast at gmail or DM us on Instagram at Local Hustlers Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for the latest news and updates. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to rate and review and hit that subscribe button. It lets us know how we're doing and helps us grow so we can reach more locals, entrepreneurs, and help small
2: businesses grow. Thanks, guys.